When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. A little while ago, my sweetheart and I went on our spring break holiday. We selected a spa in a tiny village hidden away somewhere in the Bavarian Alps, and it was luxurious. By luxurious, I mean that at breakfast, you could grind your own spices for your cereal, or muesli, as we say here, and coffee. There was a buffet with at least three different cakes every afternoon. And on the spa rooftop, there was a hot spring pool with a sweeping view of the mountains. They even offered a guided walk to discover local healing herbs and spices. And they taught us to make our own herbal salt afterwards. There were many small luxuries too, such as a fragrant cube of wood on the nightstand that was supposed to deepen your slumber. And the quirkiest thing, in my opinion, was a cleaning station for glasses. The cleaning station was a contraption the size of a jewelry box, sat on a coffee table under a wooden staircase. And since we wanted to try everything, not only the culinary delights or afternoon activities, One afternoon, my sweetheart put his sunglasses into the contraption and carefully followed the instructions. While it was buzzing and whizzing, we joked that maybe his glasses would come out a different shape and were almost disappointed when they looked, in fact, exactly the same as before. That afternoon, we went for a walk along the edge of the forest. The sun was smiling down on us and we were deep in conversation as we turned into the forest, already hearing the destination we wanted to reach. We fell silent for the last bit of our walk, enjoying the cool air and the gushing of the waterfall nearby. As we approached it, my sweetheart suddenly stopped dead in his tracks. What's that there? he whispered. What? I asked. There, by the waterfall. I squinted, but I couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. The first teller for this episode is Heather Forrest. I love how her way of storytelling is described. They call it the minstrel style, which stands for a unique blend of original music, folk guitar, poetry, prose, as well as the sung and spoken word. Heather has written several books and recorded eight albums of storytelling, and she has been telling stories for over 30 years. During these decades, she has brought the magic of live storytelling to theaters, festivals and conferences throughout the US and abroad. And today she shares with us the story of the fisherman and the magic fish. Mm-hmm. 
house by the edge of the sea. The house was cosy, and they lived comfortably. One day, the fisherman went to the edge of the water, and he cast his net. When he pulled it back to shore, he saw that he had caught a golden fish, and more startling than that, it spoke and said, "Let me go. I'm a magic fish. Let me go, and I'll grant you." And so the fisherman set the magic fish free. He returned home and told his wife, "Today, I caught a magic fish. It said that it would grant a wish if I let it go, and so I did." And what did you wish for? She asked. "I could not think of anything to wish for," he replied, "for we have everything we need." But if the magic fish could grant a wish, we'd be foolish not to ask for more. Go back and tell the fish we want a cottage with cows and pigs and chickens. The fisherman returned to the sea and sang, "Golden fish of the sea, grant a wish for we now." Than we had before, more, more, more. We would like a cottage with cows and pigs and chickens. The fish came to the surface and said, "Go home, old man, and you shall see the wish this fish has granted thee." The fisherman ran home, and there, where his humble vinegar bottle house had been, was a fine cottage with cows and pigs and chickens all around. His wife stood in the doorway. On her face was a frown. If the magic fish could grant this wish, we'd be foolish not to ask for more. Go back and tell the fish, I want to be queen. The fisherman returned to the edge of the sea and sang, "Golden fish of the sea, grant a wish for we now want more than we had before." Would like to be queen. The fish came to the surface and said, "Go home, old man, and you shall see the wish this fish has granted thee." The fisherman ran home, and there, where the fine cottage had been, was a royal city and a castle. Inside, his wife was seated on a golden throne, 
upon her head she wore a crown. On her face there was a frown. If the magic fish could grant this wish, we'd be foolish not to ask for more. Go back and tell the fish, I want to rule the sea and the sky. Dare I try, he shuddered. The fisherman returned to the edge of the sea, and he sang, Golden fish of the sea, grant a wish for we now want more than we had before. More, more, more. My wife would like to rule the sea and the sky. The waves grew high. Dark clouds filled the sky. The fish came to the surface and said, The more you have, the more you need. I could never satisfy your greed. Go home, old man, and you shall see the wish this fish has granted thee. The fisherman ran home as the storm raged, and there, where the royal city, the castle, and the cottage had been, was his humble vinegar bottle house again. He and his wife peeked in the door. Why, it was as cozy and as comfortable as it had been before. How foolish we've been, they both agreed. To wish for more than we truly need. After that, they lived happily, and both were glad to be satisfied with whatever good fortune they had. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Crystal Clear Specs Cleaning Devices. If you can't see the path ahead of you, or if you can never tell if it's rain or shine outside, try our Crystal Clear Specs Cleaning Device. Not only will it polish your glasses to a gleam and sparkle, after cleaning your specs with our Crystal Clear Specs Cleaning Device, you will also see through bad intentions, unmasked delusions, see solutions you've never thought of before, and never again miss a banana peel or other dangerous thingamajigs in your way. Every order comes with an annual supply of our cleaning solution and for a limited time only with a dose of our essence of enchantment. Add a few drops of this to the cleaning solution and you will see magic otherwise hidden from the human eye. Crystal Clear Specs Cleaning Devices, so you can see clearly now too. We have received a 5 out of 5 star review from Always Blessed. Love the magic you bring to the viewers. I started listening to this about a year ago and have fallen in love with it. I find it interesting the stories from all over. I haven't heard most of them. I enjoy putting it on when I'm in the shower or taking a bath to relax and let my mind see the stories. 
Thank you for this gift you give weekly to the views, young and old. Thank you so much for your wonderful words, always blessed. We hope that the podcast continues to be the gift that keeps on giving to you and many others. If you, dear listener, would like to leave us a review, we would love to read from you. You can drop us a line on Apple Podcasts or send us an email at storystorypodcast at gmail.com. Writing a review helps other story lovers find and enjoy the magic of storytelling. If you'd like to support us by becoming a patron, you can for as little as $4 a month. Not only are there sweet perks included, we'll also tell you what your magical ability is. You can find out more by going to patreon.com forward slash storystorypodcast or storystorypodcast.com. A yummy thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You are the dusting of cinnamon and cocoa on our delicious tiramisu. What am I supposed to see here? I asked again. The pool at the bottom of the waterfall? No, not the pool, whispered my sweetheart. The girl by the pool. He nodded in the direction of the waterfall. Still I could see nothing but the waterfall, the pool at its bottom and the vapor rising from the gushing water. Maybe it's a trick of the light, I cautioned. No, he insisted with growing exasperation. There is a girl by the pool. He took off his sunglasses and she's... He stopped, confused. She's what? I asked. Gone, he replied, shook his head and rubbed his eyes. He paused for a moment thinking, then put his sunglasses back on and... (gasps) There she is again! Unbelievable! Now I had an inkling what this was all about. Could I borrow your sunglasses for a moment? I asked. He handed them over and was silent as I put them on, watching me. Unbelievable. There by the pool was indeed a girl, a nymph-like creature. She looked as if she was made from water, clad in mist. She was deeply engaged in an activity that I can only describe as molding vapor. She moved her slender hands through the mist of the waterfall, delicately pulling, pushing, bending it into shapes. A row of misty ducks with rounded beaks and downy feathers was already floating on the pool and it looked like she was forming another tiny white bird to add to the ones that were already fluttering in the air above her head. I was entranced and jumped when my sweetheart tapped my shoulder. Let me see her again. I took off the glasses and... She was gone. However... By the enchanted look on my sweetheart's face, I could tell that, in his view, she was still there. We watched her for a little while, and then quietly made our way back, switching the sunglasses back and forth, pointing at all sorts of magical creatures that we could suddenly see all around us. It's incredible what sometimes we can't see with our own eyes. That was the first of quite a few magical encounters on that holiday, and perhaps I'll tell you about the other ones some other time.
The second teller for this episode is Rosie Cotterer. Rosie is based in Kansas and has an extensive repertoire of original stories, her own versions of folk tales, and stories based on literature. In the spring of 2000, she left teaching to become a full-time performer and has been on the road visiting many states in the U.S. Recently, she even did a storytelling tour in Ireland. Sometimes she even brings along her banjo for a song or two. And on this episode, Rosie shares with us the story of the wonderful wrestler, African folktale from the Temne tribe. Goro, 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 fight him till the ground shakes. Goro, 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 send him to the sky. Once, a long time ago, all the animals were gathered together in one spot. They were having a grand animal reunion. (laughs) Well, they were having a fine time talking to each other, visiting, telling jokes, and laughing. They talked far into the night, and then it began to rain. In the morning, the animals found themselves shivering and wet and cold in the rain. Oh, they were miserable, and when the sun rose, they saw way off in the distance a little hut a little house, and from an opening in the roof, they saw smoke coming, and you know, where there's smoke, there must be what? Fire. Fire, right, and and they they thought, oh, oh, if we animals, if we had fire the way humans have fire, oh, we we could warm and dry our fur on, on mornings like this, we could cook our food, we could have so much, so much better of a life if we had fire. One of us should go get some fire, they decided. And they looked at one another and they said, Someone must go get fire. Will you go? Will you go? I'll go. It was deer. Deer went trotting over to that little hut on her little deer hooves like this. She got to that hut and the door was open. She peered in and there was this old woman stirring something in a big pot. Ma'am. Ma'am, said dear, we animals have come to beg for fire. We're cold and wet out here. Could you, could you please give us some of your fire? Well, said the old woman, I don't begrudge anyone fire, but I have one rule in my house. Whoever I give fire to must wrestle my little girl. Dear looked down at the ground, and there was this little girl about four years old. Her name was Lele Goro. Lady Goro was sucking her thumb, twirling her hair. Ma'am, said Deer, you want me to fight your little girl? I, I might hurt her. Never mind that. The fighting place is this flat piece of ground behind the house. You go out to the fighting place. And the deer followed Lele Goro out to the fighting place. And they took hold of one another and they began to wrestle. And as they were wrestling, the mother came out and she began to sing this song. Goro, 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 fight him till the ground shakes. Goro, 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 send him to the sky. And through the power of that mother's song, that little girl grabbed hold of that deer. Now, can you pretend like you're Lele Goro? You got hold of your deer? Got the deer, and she lifted the deer over her head. Let's lift the deer over your head. Ah! And on the count of three, she threw the deer up into the sky. One, two, three. She threw the deer so high into the sky that deer was up in the sky for a whole day. And at the end of the day, deer came falling down out of the sky. Ah! And when deer hit the ground, deer began to cough. And that is the sound you hear when deer comes through the woods to this day. Deer went limping back to the other animals. Oh, 
There'll be no fire this day. That woman who lives in that house, she made me wrestle her little girl for fire, and that little girl beat me. You were defeated by a little girl? That's one tough little girl. And the animals looked at one another, and they said, somebody must go get fire. Will you go? Will you go? I'll go. (laughs) I'll get the fire. (laughs) It was elephant. I can beat that Lele Gore. I can get that little girl. I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to whop her down. I can beat that little girl. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. He got over to the house, peered in the doorway. Ma'am, I've come to fight your little girl. I'm going to beat that little girl. I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to whop her down. I can beat that little... Very well, said the old woman. You go out to the fighting place. Elephant followed Lele Goro out to the fighting place. They took hold of one another and they began to wrestle and the mother began to sing her song. Goro, 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 fight him till the ground shakes. Goro, 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 send him to the sky. And through the power of that mother's music, that little Lele Goro grabbed that elephant. You got the elephant? She lifted the elephant overhead. Uh, And one, two, three, she threw Elephant up into the sky so high, Elephant was up in the sky for three days. (laughs) And when Elephant landed, Elephant hit his two front teeth, and those teeth began to swell, and they got longer and longer and longer until they became the tusks that elephants have to this day. Elephant went limping back to the other animals. Oh, there'll be no fire this day. That is one tough little girl. And the animals said, somebody must go get fire. Will you go? Will you go? (sighs) I'll get the fire. It was Leopard. Leopard went padding over to the house on her soft paws. Leopard looked into the house. Ma'am, I've come to fight your little girl. And the woman said, very well, you go out to the fighting place. Leopard followed Lele Goro out to the fighting place. They took hold of one another. They began to wrestle, and the mother sang her song. Goro, 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 fight him till the ground shakes. Goro, 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 send him to the sky. Through the power of that mother's singing, Lele Goro grabbed hold of Leopard, lifted Leopard over her head. One, two, three, whew! She threw Leopard up into the sky so high, Leopard was up in the sky for a whole week. And when Leopard finally landed down out of the sky, (gasps) Leopard hit a rock and the blood splattered all over Leopard's fur and that became the spots that Leopards have to this day. And Leopard went back to the animals. Ah, there'll be no fire this day. And the animals said, what? Somebody must go get fire. Will you go? Will you go? I'll go. I'll go get the fire. It was little Conk the snail. And the animals looked at that little snail and said, "Ah, you're so small. You can't get the fire. You're, You're too tiny. Well, said Conk the snail, I may be small, but I'm smart and I have been listening. I have made a plan. And the animals said, very well. If you want to try, go ahead. So Conk the snail, he started off to the hut like this. It took him a long time to get there. When he got to the hut, he didn't go talk to the old woman first. No, like he said, he had a plan. He went to the back of the house where he had heard about the fighting place. And he began to rub slippery snail spit all over the fighting place. Slippery, slippery snail spit. 
And then he went back to the front of the house. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I've come to fight your little girl. <laughs> you? <laughs> Very well. You go out to the fighting place. Conk the snail followed Lele Goro out to the fighting place, and he made sure Lele Goro stepped onto that slippery snail spit first. And when she did, she slipped and flew into the air. Ah! And Conk the snail quickly got underneath her, and when she came back down, he caught her and threw her up into the air. One, two, three. Lele Goro was up so high, she was up for a whole month. And during that time, Conk the snail brought the fire back to the animals, and they dried themselves and warmed themselves, and they had parties every night. They danced around the fire. At the end of the month, Lele Goro came falling down out of the sky. And when she hit the ground, she began to cry. And that's how crying came into the world. And then her mother went over, picked her up, put her in her lap, and hugged her and patted her and gave her comfort. And that's how comfort came into the world. For isn't it true, when somebody is sad and crying and hurting, there should always be someone there to lift them up and give them comfort. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Heather Forrest at heatherforrest.com and Rosie Cotter at rosiecotter.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, we would love to read from you at storystorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me directly at isabelhauser.com. If you get in touch, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was the incident I told you about in the true fairy tale, which was indeed inspired by my recent holiday. The hotel, the waterfall in the forest, and, of course, the specs cleaning device. The music, as always, is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music.